Welcome to Gig Stories with Music People. I'm your host, Evan Michael, at the Spacement Recording Studio in Los Angeles, California. This is episode number seven, and my guest is Navneet Rao. Most people call him Nav, and for the first time in the short history of this podcast, my guest was actually in the studio with me for the conversation, which was very exciting. Nav is originally from Bangalore, India. He's a multi-instrumentalist and audio engineer and moved to LA in 2016 to study at Musicians Institute, where we met. Currently, he's working with Kendall Rux, Lace, Charlie and the Characters, Kylie Stone, Sahas Patil, Polymorph, and Low Flow Records. You can find out more about Nav at navneetrao.com, IG at theneatnav, I'm at Evan on the Bass and the underscore Spacement, which is my recording studio. Follow Gig Stories with Music People for teaser clips each week. And I, I really do appreciate every share, subscription, encouraging message, comment. That's, that's, that's been awesome. Anyway, let's get to it. Enjoy. What's up, man? Welcome to Gig Stories with Music People. All right. <laughs> so happy to be here. <laughs> you are the first uh, in-studio guest, which I'm excited about. I am honored. <laughs> that is, uh, it's an amazing feeling to be in the studio with some people with, uh, you know, like, after, with all that's happened this year, this past year, it's it's amazing. It's like the little things you, you miss out on that matter a lot to you, you know? <laughs> yeah, just seeing faces. Yeah. For yeah. one. Full be, faces. <laughs> full faces, full faces. But being in the same room as someone. So yeah. it's an honor to have you here. And let's do it. I want to hear a little bit about your, your music story. I, I know a little bit, but I'm sure there's plenty I don't know. So yeah uh well um the give you the whole spiel i started music um uh, uh as a indian percussion player on an indian percussion instrument called the mridangam which oh. is uh, a south indian instrument it's like the uh it, the people call it the i think uh i, I may be, i may get uh, corrected on this but it's called like the the grandfather of the tabla Oh, the story goes that the yeah you've seen I think most people know what a tabla is. It's yeah. uh you know a bass like instrument and um well the tabla the actual instrument is the high pitch one, uh the small high pitch one. So basically the story goes that it was originally stuck together. You know on one end you had the bass and the other hand you had the treble, and um you know some one of the old grandmasters got really annoyed and irritated after a gig because he couldn't get the right sound, and he just took this and like threw it on the ground, breaking it. <laughs> and um, then he kind of, you know, felt bad. And he's like, you know what? What if I create two separate instruments, the, you know, separated instruments? It's sing a single instrument, but it's separated. And hence the tabla was born. <laughs> that's the story. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I, I think that's fascinating, you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I started there when I was uh, about 12 years old. Like, my family's always been into music and stuff, but nothing in the professional sense. Uh, I think I have a, an, a granduncle who used to play the flute, but that's as far as it goes. Um, so when I started getting into music, I, I started loving the feeling of playing and performing in front of an audience. And, that you know, the, the feeling that you get, you know, I think they call it frisson when you perform and everyone is with you. You know, it, it kind I've never of, heard that before. What's it called? Uh, I think it's called frisson. Frisian. Yeah, it's that the excitement and the feeling and the anticipation that you get. You know, you get goosebumps on your skin. Oh, wow. You know, you get a rush of blood to the head. That that feeling, 
when you're playing and everyone is singing with you and you know because it's such a community experience music you know definitely yeah so i i really enjoyed that feeling so i kept chasing that <laughs> all the way through drums guitar bass violin as well because yeah. my mom forced me and now i'm like oh wow that was actually a good thing she did <laughs> oh i didn't know you played violin yeah south indian classical violin it oh, was wow. uh, quite rigorous as classical music is but and i was always like oh mom she's forcing me to do it and now i look back on it and i'm like thank you mom don't right. Don't that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's a lot of us that that are kind of like encouraged or or even pushed a little bit, you yeah. know, <laughs> or forced to uh to do things as a kid, you know, uh instruments that a lot of times you look back and you're just like really yeah. glad that it went that way. I I I initially wanted to play drums. All right. <laughs> yeah, and was not allowed to and now I'm like very happy that I <laughs> that I was not allowed to. Uh, bass amps are heavy enough. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think my mom keeps bringing that up now and then because <laughs> I play drums for a lot of bands, and uh, she's like, "How are you liking the drum set?" And every now and again, I'm like, uh, "I know, yeah. Uh, I wish I was a uh, just a bass player, or not just a bass player, but I, because I do play bass as well. And every time yeah. I have a bass gig, it's like, oh yeah, all right, so much more better than having to set up the whole drum kit and tune everything." It's a lot. It's, a, it's lot. a lot. I so are most of the bands you're playing with dr- as for for drums. drums? Yeah, 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 drums and percussion. Okay, uh, I do play cajon as well, especially more recently with the live streaming becoming a thing. Yeah, uh, acoustic gigs have have shot through the roof for the live stream. So cajon is easy enough. It's easy to mic. It's easy to um, you know tone down in volume. You know, it's a classic drummer thing. You always get the uh, can you turn it down a little bit? It's like overpowering. It's, it's it's a drama thing. We sure. love to play loud and proud because we spend so much time, you know, setting it up. <laughs> well, guitarists too. I I think it's very rare that you ever have to turn, <laughs> tell a guitarist or a drummer to turn up turn or up, play yeah. louder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess bass is probably usually the opposite. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I could go. I could go either way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, from my experience in the recording studio or uh, you know, live, uh, mostly live, it's it's like, oh yeah, the guitarist is always like loud and proud. They have to be heard. You know, drummers are doing their thing, can't control them, uh, so everyone has to match their volume. Uh, I, I know the feeling of, hey, can you play, uh, get, getting the, 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 hey, can you play softer? So right. I usually try not to tell drummers that unless, you know, it's a small stage and they're playing for a stadium, you know what I mean? So Sure. But yeah, it, it, but Beezus is usually like, yeah, I, I got my corner here, I can feel uh, the rhythm and the groove, and I'm just chilling. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is interesting though, like playing too loud is is obviously can be an issue but yeah. you, but playing too soft can be an issue too Absolutely. it's really one of those uh what's the the goldilocks yeah, type goldilocks. of a, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> type of a thing it, trying to find that sweet spot because yeah. i i've known i wonder if you've if you or i'd be curious if you've known people like this too but like where they kind of always go under where you think they should and yeah. and they're that's not so great either and yeah, it, it feels weird to tell somebody constantly to turn up too. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's even the touch, you know. It's because it, the the timidness comes out. And sure. when I say I've seen people do that, I've seen myself do that. Right. It's like I mean I I am sure of myself, but when it you know that insecurity sets in, am I playing the right thing? You know what? Better lay off on this. And right. it's kind of noticeable either on the drums, especially on the drums. It's very obvious, but also on other instruments. It's like, hey man, um, play with confidence. You know, 
It's like, all about that. Yeah. It's all about playing with confidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're too loud, I, I feel like if if I'm too loud, that's when I might play a little more reticent because it's yeah. like, oh, I don't want to like exactly. Oh my god, it's like overstated. Yeah, that's happened to me as well. And in the first few days of uh, playing bass live, I realized that um, I would set my amp volume a little too low, yeah. and I'd end up really chomping on the strings. Yeah. And what would happen is my playing would become so sloppy and sometimes, you know, I'd be too anticipatory because I'm just going for the strings harder right. than I should. And then I realized, oh, yeah, you know what? If I counterbalance this, it'll help out a lot. If I can hear myself better, yeah. then I play better um, and I play more appropriate to the music, you know? Sure. Like you said, Goldilocks effect. Too loud, bad. Too, <laughs> too soft, bad. <laughs> well, and, and to your point, uh, just kind of taking taking that minute if you have it sometimes you don't have it but yep. ta- if you have the time take that time to like set that up beforehand because yeah. we've all been in that situation too or at least seen a lot of people in that situation where they don't they're not all dialed in before the show starts and then yeah. <laughs> you know the first song they're running back to their amp three times and playing oh, yes. with that and it, sometimes that's just it, it happens but yeah uh to try to avoid that yeah. <laughs> as much as possible. Definitely been guilty of that as well. Like, yeah, I uh, yeah, didn't get my tone kind of right in the sound check. And yeah, everything everything just feels a little bit off. You want to start yeah. your gig off on the right foot, you know, so. Yeah, if it's possible. If it's, it's possible, not even yeah. always possible, but yeah. So what what are your current projects right now? Uh, well, I have a few bands that I play for, and I'm really happy that they're kind of ramping back up. Yeah. Uh, I play drums for a band called, uh, for, a, for an artist called Kendall Rucks. Yeah. Um, we have a band called the Kendall Rucks and the Zodiac Mafia. Uh, nice. Yeah. So it's it's been really good fun. Um, the uh, the irony of everything was that we um, ended up getting a, a slot to play for Okeechobee Fest, which is uh, out in Florida. Okay. And we all flew there. It was fantastic, like um, five-day weekend kind of thing. You know, we landed there. We did a little bit of rehearsal. We went to the venue. They treated us really well and we 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 had the time of our lives we saw some amazing acts on stage and stuff like that you know um it it was it was just a fantastic time and this was i think in the on march 3rd 4th and 5th the first weekend in march of 2020 oh okay (laughs) so when we were flying out of la it was like oh yeah you know remember to sanitize you know everything should be fine you know pandemic is you know starting up so just take care, you know, common surfaces, keep sanitizing, washing, all that stuff, right? When we flew back into LA, it was like complete panic mode. So yeah. everyone was like, oh, shucks, um, you know, flights are going to be grounded. So I think we kind of made it back just in time. But it went from a festival to uh, to being in a crowd of people, in a crowded um you know, uh, venues and stuff like that to like so- social distancing and social isolation. So... <laughs> Quite a difference. Quite well, a difference. that's cool that you got that in right before uh, yeah. the end there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it that energy kept me going for a long while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did I did some out of town stuff in in 2019, and I'm really just like really glad that I was able to do that stuff before everything shut down. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, that's that. Oh, so what? Uh, oh, what yeah. So parties? yeah, that that's one of the artists I'm yeah. playing for. I'm really excited. There's new music coming out. We did a we did a music video shoot in the middle of the pandemic and stuff like that, adhering to like guidelines, which was really, I mean, not stressful, but it was really, you know, we we were really happy that we we're doing it. But at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, you know, social distancing, clean up and stuff. 
So yeah, uh, Kendall Rux uh, is one of the bands I play for. Uh, another band uh, that that I have is uh, is called Lace, um, and I think you can look us up uh, on Instagram and stuff. Lace, please, please, P L E Y S L E C P L E Y S. Yeah, right. <laughs> I get the S's weird sometimes. But. I'll uh, I'll get the info <laughs> and and put it in the the podcast oh, notes. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, Lace. Uh, we in fact it was a it was a project that we had started. The the vocalist. Um, the guitar player and me, the drummer. Uh, all three of us were back in India, and we went to music school back in India before coming out here to the U.S. Uh, so we had a band back there called Chand BB and the Waste Candidates. That is a whole story in it all together. I may get into it later, you know, <laughs> if you have time. But all right, we were like, uh, yeah. So we had we had a pretty good band. It was like a neo soul project, and um, it was really mad fun. And then uh, the guitar player of our band. I mean, love the guy. He's phenomenal. He, uh, you know, decided to, you know, advance his career, go to a Musicians Institute. So he went to Musicians Institute and uh, he went into the bachelor's program. And uh, about uh, a few, I want to say a year later, I joined him out here. And it was him convincing me, like, dude, you should come out here. You know, the kind of drive yeah. that people have out here in LA and stuff like that. And at that time in my life, I kind of had this feeling that I really wanted to, you know, expand my horizons a little more, you know, really get into, you know, some other aspects of audio engineering and develop my musical skill as a drummer, uh, other instruments, a multi-instrumentalist and stuff like that. Um, so I was like, you know what? I really, I really want to explore this. So... Um, got out here to Musicians Institute. <laughs> and then shortly after that, I think about a year and a half to two years after that, the vocalist joined CalArts. Okay. So she came out here and suddenly all three of us found ourselves in the same place. We we had a bass guitar player, uh, but, you know, she decided to go uh, to the East Coast. And, um, you know, she, she's doing her own thing now. She she's She's still playing music, but you know, kind of her own thing. She has a family that she's she's taking care of and stuff. So she her her life went into a different path. But all, when all three of us, the guitarist, vocalist, and I found ourselves out here, uh, all of us doing music and advancing our musical careers, we were like, you know what? Let's start something up again. Yeah, man. And we got together with uh, a, ba- a phenomenal bass player. He's a teaching assistant at Musicians Institute. His name is Connor Corum. He's phenomenal. So we got him and he was super excited to play with us. And yeah, we released our first EP in May of 2020, uh, which we recorded in December and stuff like that. It was a really, you know, a lot of work put into it. Uh, but yeah, we were happy that we released it. Uh, it was in the middle of the pandemic again, but that was one of the things that we were looking forward to as well. So Awesome. Yeah. Did you engineer the, the project too? Yeah, uh, I had, uh, we used the studios uh, at Musicians Institute. Uh, one of my friends had access and uh, he did the recording engineering for like the drums and stuff. Uh, I did some of the recording engineering for some of the guitars and everything because, you know, the guitar player was my roommate at the time. So yeah, it was fun. And um, the vocals were engineered also at Musicians Institute. And then I did the mixing and mastering for it as well. Nice. Yeah. So, so basically, we met at MI, just yeah. to catch up the listener. We met in the, re- the recording, the audio program yeah. Yeah. in MI. So, and then it was, it was funny and interesting to find out, like, oh, okay, Nav's a bass, a bass player and a drummer as well. Yeah, likewise. And, <laughs> like, uh, well, not the drum part, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got to kind of bond a little bit over, like, oh, yeah, we're players, too. Not yeah. Some of the people there, you know, 
what weren't players at all. It just yeah. just focused on audio. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's cool. I mean, that's cool too. It's just like yeah. a a different perspective. It, it is. Yeah. Like uh, I actually did enjoy interacting with some of the you know the DJs and yeah. the other people who think of music from a synthesization point of view, or putting right. beats down and having stuff on it. So it's a whole. It it feels like it's a different world within the same world. If that makes any sense, you know, we all come from you know wanting to create stuff but the approach is so different um actually that interestingly takes me back to when uh, i was starting out music um in college you know i went to engineering college uh, if you want to call it the indian thing <laughs> i did engineering college first before uh, coming like out here. regular engineering regular engineering electrical <laughs> and electronics <yeah>. okay <laughs> so back wow. there i had a band with a buddy of mine with a few buddies of mine and that's where i, I started playing for church choir which is where I learned a lot of my harmony theory and stuff. Yeah. And it was interesting because, um, you know, we'd get a bunch of people who would approach music from, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in my bedroom doing this in my time off because we all, you know, there to study engineering. And um, I, 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 you know, I, the players I interacted with were more musician, uh, performing musicians. So whenever we had that issue of, um, you know, playing on stage and we recorded like five guitars, three violins and a saxophone player, keys player, you know, this huge band. And then, you know, it's just the guitarist, vocalist, bass player and me going out on stage. Suddenly it goes from a, like a like a 15-piece band to like a four-piece band now, if you yeah, think about it that way. Totally different. So I was, I was talking to them about using like backing tracks and uh, something that... You know, we as musicians have an aversion to backing tracks. I feel because, especially when <laughs> performing, it's like, oh, you're not being honest about it. You know, it's like, right, dude. You know, let's play it as live as possible. But you know, as from there to, I've seen myself kind of grow from that mentality to being like, it's it's the performance as the experience. You know, it's the message that's coming across. Now, I'm not saying throw everything into backing tracks because then I can just go on stage with drums and have the entire band behind me on backing tracks. Right. But keep. The you know as far as you can go like if one day I can hire a 15 piece band and I play that kind of venue that's conducive to a 15 piece venue and have a you know three part harmony a whole uh, orchestral section or at least violins or something it will be fantastic but you know at, at the end of the day it's about you know getting that energy across as long as that you know you're, you're in the concert and you feel that you know the kick of the drum you feel the you know the energy that the musicians are playing and putting into the instruments that translates across as yeah. long as that happens, you know, it's golden. Well, and, and that that perspective is kind of more just looking at it as a performance, yeah. as a as a show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and yeah, I ha I've kind of evolved a little bit in in that too. I mean, uh, it's like wanting just the purest side of me, not wanting there to be any of that. Yeah, backing tracks, but <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of the way the industry is now. Yeah, you kind of just have to have to just accept it and yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. yeah exactly and like you were saying like try to find that balance yeah where it's you're not overdoing it exactly yeah it's like do as much live as you can yeah and yeah. if you need to add a little bit that's really going to add a lot to the show and fill stuff in all right yeah yeah whatever you know at the end of the day gets uh, it gets you to have a good experience and the people you're performing for to have a good experience you know that's what it's yeah. about you know Sure. Positive vibes only. <laughs> right. Ha yeah. And as a drummer, you're probably usually running the back back and trash. Have you done that a lot? Live? Yeah, I've done that quite a bit in my time. I, I usually use Ableton Live, and yeah. I learned a lot about Ableton Live through that process, you know? like, uh, And it's almost like um, the DAW becomes an instrument at that point because right. you're like, you have a counter-off, you know? And I, I make, make my sets in such a way that it allows for some flexibility. 
Okay. So, I mean, at least that's the hope. I haven't had a chance to use it, use it yet, except for rehearsals or something. But it's like, all right, if you want to do that verse again, or if someone misses a bar, I can always hit a button and it, on beat, will go back to the beginning of that section because I split oh, wow. it into each individual component, which is pretty useful. That's cool. And I've seen some people do some insane things with Ableton. Like, um, uh, uh, I think his name is to- uh, Tobias uh, Hunk. I think he's he runs this Ableton group for musicians. Uh, you should check him out on Facebook. Okay. Probably send him a, send uh, you a link, Evan. Yeah. 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 So he he has this entire thing where it's a community of Ableton users supporting you know unusual users of Ableton, like using drums to trigger light scenes. So people have set up DMX lighting you know units. So you hit the flow tom and the lights turn red and flash and glow and it's incredible. That's cool. Yeah. Or syncing to video. Having it trigger a whole different sound, so you you know different parts of the song are triggered, different chords are triggered with different drums. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean that's just again just looking at it as a as a show as a performance. Yeah. Like why not? Exactly. Like yeah. that's cool. <laughs> it's a whole art piece in of itself, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's and and it's a way to kind of set set your band or everything apart. Yeah. Too from other bands. Absolutely. So, so yeah. That's, that's cool. The more professional you look, the more gigs you will get because other professionals recognize you uh, professionals recognize you and um yeah i mean that that's where it is because it's the com- connections you build in this industry networking is super important so oh yeah yeah and some people have a good gift for it or a knack for it some people don't uh i'm somewhere in the middle <laughs> me too yeah it's yeah. been more of a learned skill for me and yeah. it's i'm definitely not the best and i'm not the worst exactly <laughs> I, and i have my good days and my bad days but yeah as long as i walk into some place and someone shows me a setup and i look at it and go oh yeah all right so you're running this you're running this um yeah let's get a session ready together so you know as long as i can learn fast enough and i have the tools ready at my disposal yeah. to learn fast enough you know yeah. So are you doing because you do a lot of, you know, mixing and stuff too, right? So yeah. is that or is that kind of your your main thing you would say or is it a pretty even split between mm-hmm. playing and audio? That's a good question because I've been thinking about that a lot. It it's kind of a pretty even split for me. I do a lot of live sound work and a lot of audio production mixing mastering kind of thing. Uh but before it used to be a pretty even split because I yeah. I practice uh, almost every night of the week and then uh, you know go back home and work on uh, you know getting tracks ready up to scratch wake up in the morning work on more tracks you know get out there go to go to a job like I use uh, I work at CSUN I still kind of do okay. we're opening back up on uh, in October hopefully so yeah it, it, you know it, it's like uh, yeah go and do the job like live sound something's happening uh, come back home, do more production work, then have a rehearsal again. So that that was my day for the longest time. So it was the even split. Then the pandemic happened, and the performing side took a little bit of a backseat. Of course, ashamed to say that I didn't. I haven't practiced uh, anything as much as I should have. Sure, but uh, you know, th- you just learn from your mistakes, I guess. So here on out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and now that it's starting to ramp back up, I do feel the motivation. That's one of the tough things: the motivation. You know. Well, I mean. Uh, maybe maybe you're just good at, at at creating a front, but it seems like you're a really hard worker, and you <laughs> you put you put a lot on yourself to, or just you put yourself into a lot of different. I mean, I try, <laughs> I, I try, I try my best. Yeah, most of my days is spent with like, all right, let's drink the coffee and call that liquid motivation, and then you know, as long as my day starts off right, it's easy riding all the way through. But a lot of it is spent, you know, like 
trying to self-motivate myself. It's 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 kind of a struggle, but I'm I'm just happy that people look at me and go like, "Oh yeah, now nah, I'm hard worker." My mom would probably very much disagree, but <laughs> uh, maybe the hardest one to please, right? Yeah, yeah, and also the one who probably knows most about me, so maybe, it's the yeah. hardest one to fool. Maybe <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So how do you how do you juggle all these different things that you're trying to to keep at a certain level and get to a certain level? How do how do you feel like you accomplished? like juggling those things yeah uh, that's uh google calendar mostly google okay calendar. <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh everything if someone tells me like if you're having a conversation at a bar you know we're grabbing a couple of rings and like hey man we should jam sometime uh, it becomes a some like oh yeah when do you want to do it and then i open up my calendar almost immediately like hey yeah so i have time on thursday uh you want to do a seven o'clock it's in the calendar right then and there because yeah. if i say oh yeah let's jam uh yeah let's uh, i think thursday i should be free go back home, open up my calendar and realize that, oh, damn, Thursday I have this thing to do. So right. organization is the most important thing. You know, it's like you have to make sure that, you know, stuff is ready for you as and when you need it. So if you have a calendar, all the information is available on what, you ha- what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, if you get a, a production project, at least a starting template is super important or at least uh, even a starting workflow. If you're like, oh yeah, import tracks here, then I cut up the toms out of the drums, you know, all that stuff comes naturally. Or if you're doing live sound, it's like, oh yeah, um, I have to prepare the drum kit. I have a template set up for the live sound stuff. I have my iPad charged and ready to go for any kind of remote thing. Yeah. It's all about preparation, you know, <laughs> having organization. tools ready. Organization and preparation, yeah. Yeah. Big, Absolutely. big proponent of that. Yeah, Google yeah. Calendar for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just kind of making that. I mean, I know some people fight that, and mm. I've 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 run into that with with friends and and colleagues where they're for some reason they fight it where they're like just like no, like I I'm gonna remember. Yeah, it's just like okay, but <laughs> the first time that you don't, yeah. like you're fired. Yes, and exactly. If you keep a good calendar, and something fucks up. You have a little bit better excuse, yeah. Like, yeah. hey, like if if you develop the reputation of just always being on your shit that way, yeah, it's a lot easier when there's a mistake that hopefully will never happen. But if if something happens, but if you're the guy that everybody knows that doesn't, yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah. do that, <laughs> once you mess up, it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't trust him. Yeah, uh, the thing that does happen to me though, even though I have the calendar organized, is a lot of the times I don't account for me time, which is a dangerous place that sure. a lot of us get into. I'm sure yeah. it's like one of those things, like especially when you're in it, like if you're more, if you're, I'm, for me, it's like if I'm on one of those days where I'm like, oh yes, I'm motivated to do stuff, my calendar gets chock full packed. And then I basically I land up on a day and I'm like, holy shit, I've been practicing for three hours. I need to take a breather before I walk into, say, a recording session or a mix session and yeah. do the mixing because my ears are fatigued as well. You know, that's it's some of those things that you have to account for that I'm terrible at and I'm still learning. That's a good point. Yeah. To Yeah, that's a good point. Like just to, to build in, you kind of have to build in little spaces. Yeah. Because and find out where where that comfort zone is or exactly. where you, where you're in the danger zone i guess yeah yeah <laughs> cuz you don't want the next thing to suffer right exactly you may have the i mean for me it, it, i've been told this by many people like now nah, you have the best of intentions but you really need to tell me if you can't do something and it does That's hurt to hear that it does yeah. really hurt to hear that you're like man i really want to do this project but at the same time 
I I can understand like that person is caring about me more than I was caring about myself at the time you know so I should be like oh yeah you know what yeah sorry I can't do this I'm I'm really packed right now and right. saying no has been a real issue for me I'm I I'm a people pleaser when it comes gotcha. to down to it so it's like <laughs> oh yeah I, are you free yeah yeah I'm free and then then my brain is like dude I need to sleep because I need to wake up at six the next day but. Then I'm working all the way to like four o'clock, and then I'm like, "Oh my god, I need to wake up in two hours." Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think that's something you learn more as as you get older too, and as yeah. you get as when did you just get in those situations more and more? Yeah. Can I ask you how old you are? I don't even know. Uh, I'm thirty two. Thirty two. All right. <laughs> I mean, so I'm going to be thirty two. I think I aged myself uh, by about six months. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're still spring chicken, and you yeah, know, yeah. you still have all <sighs> that energy. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, the, the good days, uh, depending on uh, the coffee, caffeine intake. <laughs> right. So, how would you say you like? Do you define yourself as? I know this is a tough question. I don't necessarily have an answer for me either but do you think of yourself more as an audio guy or as a musician or is it is it hard to it's make that choice <laughs> really hard to make that choice but off late i've started to think of myself more as an audio guy because i have not focused on music as much as i want to gotcha so it's easy to tell for me to tell myself yeah i'm anyway more of an audio guy but yeah it's one of those things that I don't want to have an easy answer to. If someone comes up to me like, "Hey, so what do you do?" I'm like, "Yeah, music. Like, I do production. I do performance. You know, right? I want to do. I want to do even amounts of both. But yeah, it is seasonal. Like so, sometimes you get a lot of audio projects and your focus goes there. Some, and then you get months of performing projects and your focus goes there. And that's the beauty about this kind of profession. It's something that we're driven to do. So as long as you have the motivation to do it, and um, you know, you can you can set your mind and kind of at least you know get some proficiency in both and your passion should push you to do that anyway so yeah yeah that's that's interesting i think it i think those are two different things sometimes the motivation and the passion definitely yeah they can definitely you know it's work blurry together. line they yeah. work together <laughs> yeah. uh i was at one of the the previous podcasts and this we were talking after we recorded and this so this didn't make it into the the thing and i've been waiting for a, a moment to br- to bring it up in a in a in a future podcast uh i was talking to sarah v and it wasn't it was a quote from a friend of hers and she was talking about sometimes losing motivation to, for things or feeling like she wanted to to accomplish these things and then it wasn't happening for some reason right and her friend said well sounds like you're working in a mindset of motivation and not inspiration I I mean I I really kind of um I relate to that a lot. Yeah. Because and- uh, it's easy to get into the zone where you're just practicing and you're practicing your exercises and you're you, you know it becomes more of a chore rather than this, this is actually one of my teachers was telling me about that like be mindful when you practice something because it's easy to just become rote like right. oh yeah I'm sitting there you know doing my paradiddles on the on the practice pad and then my mind just wanders away like oh yeah you know I should prepare breakfast tomorrow focus should i go for a coffee <laughs> uh, yeah because it becomes so easy for right. you after a point the exercises that you know you, because these are things that you do every day the warm-ups and stuff but if you focus on it then you start to notice stuff like oh yeah whenever i hit my left stick down with the on the ghost note it actually doesn't bounce back the right way and then you start to correct small imperfections in your playing or small annoyances and quirks in your playing you know, yeah. Sorry, I, I think I may have interrupted you a little bit there. <laughs> but, no, know. no, no. Please don't uh, apologize at all. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the the mindfulness 
like you said yeah, but that's I where think. the inspiration comes in uh, is what my my point was it's like uh the motivation is to get you to the practice room but the inspiration is what keeps you in the practice room or uh, does that sound too corny <laughs> but <laughs> you, you know what i mean like i, I kind of like it yeah. that's that's interesting I'll, i'm going to have to digest that one a little yeah. bit but I, I like that me too me too <laughs> <laughs> just came uh, yeah came out of left field for me as well but yeah i mean it, it's oh, yeah cool. it's like as long as you have that inspiration that makes you sit down and you know learn new things explore new things even you know going on to you know the music streaming service of your choice and looking up you know fascinating artists or something someone told you about you should listen to the drumming on this it's fantastic yeah. you know digesting that kind of music and sure. you know and then um may, let let it become a part of you you know that's the inspiration part of it but the the motivation part of it is definitely like oh yeah i have to get to this place because for me that's the toughest thing it's waking up in the morning is tough yeah but i know once <laughs> i'm awake i keep going i can keep going all night i can i can pull off an all nighter even momentum, momentum for me is so huge absolutely that's the word momentum yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah well we can get into that yeah <laughs> later but i uh, this is all great stuff. I I would like to hear some stories, man. Oh yeah, stories. <laughs> I know you've gigged a bunch, and and you gigged in India. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so I'd I'd love to hear about that if you have any, if oh, you have man. any stories, and just some shed some light on what that was like. What, <laughs> so many things come back, but mostly it's <laughs> it's flashes of me hauling a drum kit upstairs and then uh, hauling a drum kit back. You know, it's a, it's the drama story. You know, you yeah, you you're the first to show up and try and set up everything, and then you're the last to leave because you're packing up everything. But it's a lot, a lot of stuff uh, has happened. A lot of quirks. You know, going to gigs, losing stuff, which is unfortunate. Um, you going to a gig and finding out how underprepared you are or overprepared you are, or you know, if that makes any overprepared makes any sense. But sometimes you can come in with a with a huge kit and all the symbols and stuff like that, and then you realize that the gig you're actually playing just needs like you know brushes, hi hat, <laughs> snare. You I get it's a that. jazz gig, yeah. <laughs> right. No one told you that it was a small venue, and you're like, uh, yeah. I brought my eight ten cab. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. There there have been times when um we've gone on stage and there I think the vocalist was literally sitting on top of my drums while the keyboard player was desperately trying to arrange his keyboard to avoid my hi-hat, and I was desperately trying not to hit, accidentally hit his keyboard. Okay. And the guitar player's <laughs> uh, headstock kept swinging past the cymbal, and the bass player's headstock was clean behind my head. And I was like, oh, any moment now, um, she's going to really feel the beat, and I'm going to get just whacked by the headstock, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, definitely small stages. played a lot of small stages, yeah. so I, I hear that. <laughs> Uh, as a live sound engineer as well, I've, I've had my fair share of horror stories. Um, back in India, it's always about, I mean, uh, if, because we used to do a lot of small venues and small college festivals and stuff. So it, I had a lot of experience trying to, you know, get the best bang for my buck. So it's always like, this is the budget you have. What can you make do? And then I have to go and negotiate with the guy. And he's like, yeah, we've got these cheap uh, cabinets we can give you. And uh, there was one time when... Uh, I think something happened and the power got shorted out in one of the cabs that ended up blacking out a third of the the college. <laughs> we were like, "Oh no, we are we are electrical engineers here. We should know what to do." And all of us were looking at each other like, 
so what do we do and all of us like uh hmm it's called the electrician yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would have no idea what to do jeez yeah fuse blown out in one of the phases okay cool all right uh anyone have a spare fuse lying around right right no okay fine it's you know it's uh, yeah it's the those kind of technical horror stories oh man uh, including I, i had one experience where um this was one of those like flat state setups so it wasn't a, ri- a stage on a riser yeah. so i was right in f- in front of the the band and i was doing um the mixing stuff and you do have i mean i do appreciate it when a band knows what they want you know like they come like hey man this is the kind of sound we're going for um you know do your best and i i understand a lot of them have trust issues because especially back in india you either get people who i mean i don't want to say don't know what they're doing but they were used to working with only a particular type of thing so they kind of end up getting very specialized uh some of these guys don't even know what each and every knob means and i'm not knocking them for it it's like they have an understanding of what it does they don't need to know the names of those things you know gotcha. so if you tell them oh yeah adjust the gain and this guy will be like gain i i don't know what he meant by gain uh so they might only yeah. know like one of the names for yeah. something or yeah. just know level yeah something yeah yeah or what the difference is what between the difference is, gain yeah. and and level or something you know yeah i've seen <laughs> them absolutely make people sound good especially a lot of these uh, as a disclaimer this was back in um uh my engineering college uh out on the west coast of india so there it, it was a bunch of people uh, who would do the sound stuff and they would usually come in from villages you know close by so some of them don't even speak english as a first language so right. they know how to converse enough to get the job done but that's about it so again but uh, they're used to mixing a particular kind of music like uh, b- back in uh, the most of the gigs they do get is like uh, for a wedding it'll be like an octopad and uh, a vocalist and uh, tracks karaoke stuff like that you know and they yeah. they make them don't to make them sound stellar in that very particular um style now if you get them to come in and say hey there's this big band uh, drums bass two guitars uh, vocalists three backing vocalists they're going to be like um uh, i can do vocals um <laughs> let's see what happens i know and they know how the drums are supposed to sound but they don't know like oh yeah if you increase the gain you kind of uh, are in uh, you know y- the drummer needs to hear himself so there's a monitor there so if you increase the gain too much there'll be feedback vocalists need to hear the- themselves they don't have in your monitors it's just a wedge if you increase the gain get feedback so now you're right. you know fighting stage volume and everything so um yeah the, uh, so the band that i was doing a live sound for they didn't know which area i fell into and um also i was not as experienced as i am now um so yeah getting them up to speed and stuff was uh, was there um was was taking not 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 too much time but probably more time than they were used to so you already was like uh this guy doesn't know really what he's doing like okay uh so there was this one point in the in the time when he was like comes over to comes over to my end of things and he's like hey uh can you put more I think it was delay uh can you put more delay on the on the vocals and I'm like uh yeah sure and the, before I could touch anything he reaches over onto my mixing console and finds a knob and turns it and I'm like what are you doing and he's like no I'm uh, dude taking too long I'm just going to increase the delay and I'm like uh the, that is delay but that is not on vocals and he doesn't hear me he just goes back on the stage right 
and um, now there's heavy delay on the snare drum so this is a metal band playing goodness like heavy amounts of delay and uh, you know I, I i sorted it out i put it back down he'd come back down like dude why do you take it off i'm like you like the delay on the snare drum he's like dude that was dude that was delay on the vocals i know what i did and uh, it's at that point it's like you know diminishing returns right i'm like all right um sure okay so <laughs> this is going to continue for a while but at the end of the gig i i overheard him telling his bandmates like i can't believe he put delay on the snare drum man and i'm like you son of a <laughs> Well, yeah, that's... Oh, man, those are tough situations. Yeah, those are tough situations. And they just, at a certain point, you just got to take it. You know, you just got to see, like, yeah, it's fine. Done and dusted. It's a gig. It's bound to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess you got to assess the situation. Yeah, I mean, what's uh, it going to accomplish if I go up to him, like, dude, you did this, you know, bullshit. What the hell, you know? Like, he's just, you know, not going to... I mean, I told him what I, what he was doing, he didn't accept it, so... Right. Yeah. <laughs> man. But as live sound engineers, it's one of the one of the really most thankless jobs i feel like um yeah you know because if it sounds good that's all you want you want the band to sound good you do you want to be transparent you don't want to get in the way of a band sounding good but if something happens and stuff goes wrong and you know bands sound bad you're the first guy they blame right you know um yeah it's, it's a common thing like yeah i couldn't hear the vocals on my monitors which is a valid concern but there's only a limited amount of stuff you can do about that. You know, maybe you were, right. you know, too much feedback was happening. Maybe the stage volume itself was too loud, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that you're fighting with as a live sound guy. And yeah. I do try to, and I think I did this before I, I started getting into sound too, but even more so now as a player who, who knows a little bit about sound, right, is yeah. like I try to, um, I really try to thank and be as nice and pleasant as Same possible yeah. to the sound guys. And I think that's, it's something that for the listener, like it yeah. really goes a long way, I think. Absolutely. Now there's always some sound guy, they have a, there's always a reason that people get bad reputations, right? Yeah. In yeah. general, like there are some, some sound guys who suck. Yeah. In uh, any and, profession, you're going to find people with the widespread of proficiency, yeah. of attitude. Attitude for sure. Attitude, yeah. And there's some guys, you know, no matter how much you you're, oh, you, you know, you're thankful and you're pleasant, they're still not gonna like actually sit at the board the whole the whole yep, time. Yep. But <laughs> I, I like kind of discounting that. I think just being being nice to a sound guy, like, yeah, really can can go a long way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, actually, yeah. that's interesting because I've got a funny story about that as okay. well. Uh, I was playing with the uh, uh, Kendall Rux. Uh, yeah. We were playing uh, one of the stages down in Hollywood. I won't mention the names, but it was we had heard good things. We'd seen gigs there that was stellar, and it was hilarious because um, we got on the stage and the sound guy was you know super cool. And I always try making chit chat and getting friendly and understanding. And because I like people, so I like to talk to people. Yeah. So I was talking to him. Seemed like a stand up guy, very friendly. And, um, yeah, we're ready to start a set. You know, we get on stage and we start the song. So I count it off. One, two, three, four. And then I start playing and I realize I can't hear anything. Like, key I can't hear keyboards. I can hear bass from the cab, but it's not on my monitors. Right. I can hear a lot of vocals. And I can hear a ton of guitar just over everything. And I'm like, you know what, I'll just keep going. And then I look at the keyboard player and the keyboard player looks at me in shock. He's like... This, and it's a keyboard driven song and he's like dude this is not working it's it's not oh. working so we had to stop 
and we look up and we're like, hey, uh, can we? Uh, I don't think the keyboard. I think the keyboard is muted. Silence. Uh, hey, uh, sound guy. Hi. Not there. Not, not nothing there. We can see a couple of feet <laughs> at the edge of the board. <laughs> But that's it. And we're, we're like, hey, uh, sound guy. And then the crowd starts getting in. And like, dude, sound, sound. And then he fi- we finally see the feet move aside. And he looks down. And he's like, oh, shit. Unmute. And uh, we're like, oh, my goodness. Uh, now, where do we start? I need bass on my monitors. I don't need that much guitar. And I don't need that much vocals. <laughs> and um, I think that itself, he was already off at the bad start. So uh, after that, the sound was just poor throughout. But you had know, you already done a line check at that point? Yeah, we'd already done a line check, so, which was super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, sometimes those things get messed up. Yeah. Those uh, the presets and the settings. Yeah. 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 Especially if you have a non-digital board, but I think they did have a digital board where they could save scenes, which was why I was like, oh, well, dude. <laughs> I've got a story about that 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 just jogged my memory. <laughs> was playing in LA at at a, a fairly sizable place. And it was a pretty big artist that we were opening for. And they did a long, you know, a lot of these big artists do really long sound checks. Yeah, they like to jam on stage. <laughs> yeah, well, just re- yeah, just jam run and just rehear- like, yeah. run their whole rehearsal on stage. So I remember it being a really long sound check. And, you know, it, we, we, we got our, you know, 20 minutes or whatever <laughs> to do our quick line check. Yeah. Uh, it, it comes time for showtime. And they dele- they accidentally deleted this the no. the whole scene for the for the the headliner. No. So oh we God. were you know we played our our opening set and it was like another like hour until because they had to oh redo God. the whole sound and like a lot of people left and oh that's the, heartbreaking. It was really awkward and like i think the guy might have gotten fired over yeah, it like that, it was, that's one of those things that'll happen uh it, it was it was tense backstage i gotta say <laughs> like the because it was kind of an artist with some cred or at least right. o- older yeah. well an older guy who i don't want to say the name right, but right. um <laughs> oh. just with you know everybody knows him and he also a funny thing about about him it's so weird like not having not being able to say the name but wanting to but uh he had like like he wouldn't even talk he had like uh i guess it's like posse or his security guards like right. like flanking you weren't him. yeah exactly yeah. like flanking him like you couldn't get his close to like say hi so like coming <laughs> in from to and from the stage backstage like you did not even have a chance to like come and interesting <laughs> so, wow it's like kind of an interesting like okay yeah he's whatever yeah you get all sorts of characters in the entertainment world right oh yeah and working in live sounds you come live sound stuff you come across so much so many of these characters and everyone has their own quirks of what they want what they don't want <laughs> yeah and it's always really cool when there's they're really really nice and personable too yeah, yeah. we were opening i'll say this one because it's positive but we were opening for uh the dan band if you ever heard of that band it sounds um, super familiar they did a bunch they did some songs in like movies like uh old school right uh and uh some of those th- some of those comedies um forget the other ones but right 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 uh wedding crashers i think they oh, had one yeah, in maybe yeah. but super fun show and they were <laughs> like the, that was the complete opposite where like we were we were doing the sound check after them and they 
you know, Dan comes off stage and we're just like bullshitting for like 20 right. minutes. And he was <laughs> like messing great. around with like a melodica. And he's like, you guys ever seen one of these? Like, <laughs> how do you, you guys know how this works? And <laughs> it was just like the complete opposite. Amazing. Where you're just like, Amazing. I could hang with this guy. You right, know? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a chill, it's a chill time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Backseas is chill. <laughs> yeah. They're a super fun show. I don't know if he's still touring it, but uh, shout out to the Dan band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, any more stories like train wreck stuff? Oh, Would love yeah. to hear hear some more stuff. <laughs> uh, talking about attitude, actually, there was this yeah. one time when I was playing this um, uh, gig with this violin player. Uh, I think I was playing guitar for him at the time, uh, or could have been drums. I, I kept switching instruments with the guy based on what he wanted to play but yeah he would do a lot of a lot of shows on uh, different stages and we played this one festival back in bangalore and uh, it was uh, he has a violin that plugs in it has a i think a fishman pickup system and everything and it's wireless and he goes through a marshall amp so he had that written out on his tech writer and he's you know super flexible he's not much of a diva he doesn't like oh it's on here what i won't play he he's super flexible with it so he plugs in um uh, his wireless system and I think it doesn't work that day so he asked for you know a quarter inch uh, instrument cable plugs in uh, to the amp and the the sound quality coming from the amp is really messed up you know at that point I'm looking at it like this sounds like as though you know the power amplifier is kind of dying slow, a slow death because it was out in the heat it's an outdoor open event in hot conditions direct sunlight and I'm like this thing is, is, is on its way out you know <laughs> it's, it's done yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we catch the attention of the, of the sound guy who comes back on stage and he's super pissed. I mean, I get it. It's hot. And, you know, we're like trying to like, be calm. Like, hey, man, like, this is not working for us. This this amplifier is kind of, like, you know, not making the right sound. He looks at the amplifier. Amplifier is fine. And we, we're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the the violin, the, the I checked the pickup and the pickup seems to be working fine. Like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not the pickup also. And then he's you know, like, oh, yeah. Um, is there anything you can do? Yeah. Get yourself a new violin, and he just walks away. And all three of us—it uh, was, I think, the other players. All three of us just looking at each other. All the all of us players, and we're in shock. We're like, "Did he just point to a violin and say get a new violin?" Then, and the backstory is that violin that the the guy was playing is one of those super old violins um, <laughs> that, that's been you know in his family for generations and stuff like that it, it's like one of those truly unique sounding things yeah and it's like you just told him that like I think uh, I want to say at least a half a million dollar violin was bad sounding right there man Ooh. you were like oh god dude like yikes you can hear the violin sound right here it doesn't need to be amplified it sounds fine right you know? like I don't <laughs> even know why I'm justifying that at this point like it sounded fine it was something to do with the amplifier fire but his attitude was so bad and i was like if this guy wanted to he could have reported him to the organizers and it would have been a bad time overall but yeah we just powered through the show because we were like you know what it's fine as long as they can hear it fine out there we just put it into the di split it into the amp it was fine but yeah that, i remember that it's like at that point i was like that is not the attitude i want to have no no matter how crappy my day is i don't want to have that kind of attitude to a musician ever you know yeah. That is just terrible. <laughs> it's a good point. Attitude goes so such a long way. Yeah. Um man, I, I that uh, so many times when I hear story like these kind of these stories, I just like other stories pop, pop in, pop head, in my yeah. head <laughs> and uh I don't want to dominate with my stories oh, too no, much, no, but <laughs> this is this is good as much fun for me as well. I love hearing stories. Awesome. <laughs> uh yeah, I just remembered this one gig 
in uh, in Hollywood. I think it was Hollywood, uh, where you know, it was a lot of times when you you're you're playing a gig, you might figure out, oh, there's a back line, right? Right. Yeah. And so this was one of those gigs that I I'd asked the artist. It was my first time playing with this artist. I think she was from out of the country, and it's like, oh, is there you know, is there going to be a back line? Because a lot of these a lot of these places have it. Yeah. And it can be kind of a bitch to, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, especially like Hollywood with parking and stuff. Like, oh, if yes. there's a back line that saves a lot of, hassle. Lot of hassle. Yeah. So c- confirmed, yes, back line, sweet. Get to the, you know, get to the gig er- plenty early. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple bands before us. And the fir- the band that's playing like doesn't have a bass player, and so I just kind of didn't think of it because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, there's no bass player. Oh that the amp's somewhere else, right? Yeah. And then like the next band comes out, you know, is like setting up, and they don't have a bass player either. And I was, and I just kind of like was like, yeah, maybe I should ask, right? You yeah, know? yeah, just, yeah. Like, let's just make sure. <laughs> and like, uh, sure enough, no backline. Oh had, no. Had no idea, like. I don't know how the the miscommunication happened. So like the like the promoter guys like trying to figure it out and oh, like God. and and I just I there this is just one of these moments that sticks with you. Yeah, yeah. But I he comes up to me and I'm like talking with the artist and we're like trying to figure out what to do and I'm like if I leave like we're trying to, we're in the, oh, the, boy, the, the danger zone of map. like <laughs> yeah, it was like if I leave right now, I should be okay to go home, get my amp, and come back. But I got to leave, like, in the next five minutes or it's going to be cutting it really close. Yeah. And so we're kind of a little hectic, and the guy comes up to me, and he's like, okay, so I just want to ask you, how important (laughs) is the bass to your guys' sound? I I died a little (laughs) bit inside. I I really did. Uh. I I definitely did, too. And it was, I I just didn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How do you respond to that? Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, I I kind of black blacked out a little bit. <laughs> I don't remember what I said exactly, but I yeah I think I said well it's it's a band and yeah, like, uh, how do you I would like that question <laughs> I would like the bass to be in there. I am the bassist. Um, so then I'm just like okay I'm going and the the singer was just like I'll I'll throw you some money for gas like just yeah go, yeah, and just she, go and get she it, ended yeah. up giving me like. I don't remember what she gave me, like 50 bucks or something. Where I was oh, like, wow. oh, I just like... Super sweet. <laughs> made a lot, you know, I don't know how much... I think I was only making 100 bucks for the gig. So right. it was like, oh, I like got off, <laughs> you know, almost, you know, one and a half times. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, that's so good. <laughs> it worked out in the end. Little little hectic. Yeah. But yeah. it was just one of those one of those sentences that just sticks with you. Uh, yeah, that, that's happened to me as well. Uh, there was a Christmas party gig that I was doing with the uh, Kendall's band again, and we had confirmed the back line with everyone. And we were like, yeah, we got yeah, we got a back line? Yeah, we're good. Now, uh, I didn't have a car back then, so it was always, you know, difficult to get around. But if there was a gig or something, it's Ubering there with my mate or something, you know, it's all good. Uh, one of my bandmates would either be like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, I'm carrying a keyboard and carrying a guitar. Let's all, you know, Uber pool together and go there. And um, I think the guitarist had his car, so he had his amp on him and his guitar. The keyboardist, of course, didn't have an amp. He just came with his keyboard. Um, I didn't have my drums. I had my sick bag and my cymbals and the snare drum. I'm like, all right, cool. All things I need to do this gig. Bass player had uh, his bass amp in the trunk. So we're all like, we're, we're good. You know, we're all good. 
get to the venue, look on stage, and I look at the drum kit is there, and I'm like, oh, awesome, they have a good kit. But I notice there are no amps on stage. So I turn to my band, I'm like, guys, they don't have any amps. They promised us amps. I know, I'm, I'm glad we all got our amps. And they're like, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, before we start, let me, I'll just go back and get my amps. And um, yeah, I come back around, and then I look at the roster, and I realize that, you know, our band is playing first, and it's the other band. And I noticed that that drum kit had been set up completely. Like, it had cymbals and a couple of drumsticks on it. And something in my head went, that doesn't look right. Like, if usually you sound check in the reverse order of performing so that the last person who sound checks has everything set up and then they go and play with the setup. Yeah. You know, minimizes uh, durations for people who don't know. So I was like, this doesn't make sense. If that band is playing last, then technically, uh, so I go up to the sound guy. I'm like, so when is our sound check? Uh, my wireless in your system as well. Is uh, Can we set that up? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we can set up the wireless in your system. You have the cables? I'm like, yeah, I have the cables. And uh, should we go and sound check now? He's like, ooh, you should ask the drummer whether he's cool with you using a kit. And I'm like, uh, uh, wait, they said it was a backlined kit? Like, oh, no, the, that's the drummer who got his kit. And I was like, oh, shucks. And I understand, as a fellow drummer, like yeah. if you don't want to let a drummer you don't know just play on your kid, you, you, right? Goodness knows how hard you know I hit. You know, the poor guy is probably like, I don't know this. And if you guys haven't seen me, I'm a pretty big dude. So <laughs> like, <laughs> you have no idea what's uh, what's about to happen. So <laughs> I go up to the drummer, and he's like a little hesitant, and I'm like, listen, I'll be super careful, make sure everything is set up properly. I'll set everything back up. You know what? I help you carry it out to your car as well. Um, and I'll, you know, we, we'll hang out. I'll buy you a beer, anything, man. Because, yeah. and you know, this this is like, I don't have a car. I can't go back and get it. I, I don't have a drum kit as well out here. Uh, I had to borrow one from MI at that time. And they were gracious enough to lend me the kits whenever I would ask. But I needed to ask in advance. And this was already Christmas and it's nighttime. So yeah. they're, they're close, close. No options. No options. So I'm like, dude, this is like, I have no options. We can't play the gig without that. And he's like, you know, it's fine. You know, we, we can do it. We can make it work. We play, uh, uh, I think we play s second, so it's all good. Um, you play first and then I'll do the gig. And then if, as long as you stick around and help me pack it up, I'll be happy. And I'm like, dude, thank you so much. Then we realized that the roster was wrong. We actually play second, they play first. And I was like, oh, shucks. Okay, so I guess we play second. Uh -oh. Then he's like, all right, as long as you guys finish, you know, by... 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock it's fine we can we can we can make it work there's this guest panel that they have that takes i am not kidding you it was supposed to take half an hour it took about one and a half hours i don't know whether my brain just tricking me into thinking that was longer than i thought but it took one and a half hours yeah and um we were just freaking out the whole time we're like shucks this took one and a half hours we we're all we were supposed to go on at nine now we're going on at 10 30 yeah by the time they got everything set up and everything was all right, it was clean, blown past 11. Sure. And the drummer is doing his set and he comes down. He's like, listen, man, I'm so sorry to break this to you, but I really need to leave. I have to catch a train in the morning. That's why I need to leave right now. And I was, I can't in good conscience convince this guy yeah. to leave his drum kit with me or something like that. Like, it's not going to be possible. So I'm like, you know giving up this fight here you know there's, yeah. there's no choice so we ended up not playing the gig Ugh. which was so heartbreaking we had just come there to play the gig yeah didn't play the gig and sat there the whole time sat oh there man the whole time i've been in those situations i mean not that exact well yeah actually with bass amps yeah yeah because this the same <laughs> thing had for those of you who just haven't been through this kind of thing i'm sure most people have but yeah. like a lot of times you do get in those situations where 
somebody asks you if they can use your amp or you're told that there's a backline but yeah. there isn't so yeah. you have to ask someone else there to use their amp and everybody has different opinions on yeah, exactly. what's what's uh, appropriate yeah uh and and I, i've been there too where it was like we wait I, there was this festival that i don't know what they just must have crazy overbooked because we played like four hours later oh and my I, god I, it was like every 20 minutes it was like are we really staying and then we kept <laughs> thinking we were we were going to be next and then another band would go on and then it was like, well, we already waited this long. And yeah. it's like another 20 minutes, it's like, can we leave? <laughs> and it's like, well, they're almost done. And then another, ba- like, it just, this just yeah, kept yeah. happening. And then suddenly it was like, we're supposed to play four hours ago. Yeah, you just and, don't realize you're always almost there. And right. Like, oh, no, but gotcha, there's another one coming in here. Well, and then what happened was everybody was using this dude's bass amp. Oh, and then no. it got so late, we finally go on. No. And the guy's like, I got to go. No. And I was just like, Dude, oh, nope. Man. So I, I literally, <laughs> the, the guys were just like, we're playing. And I was like, all right, I'll just go direct into the board then yep. <laughs> and not be able to hear much bass because uh, I'm in this tiny little monitor. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, that's not good enough. It was. Oh, bass yeah. needs that big, big <laughs> speaker, you know? Like, it did oh, not man. sound very good. But uh, those are tricky situations. And, yeah. and every, like I said, I think. The, both both sides have a have a valid point Absolutely, you know it's like yeah. it's your gear yeah but we've all been there where it's like well you don't want to stop the other guy from playing, playing yeah. and i've actually had a an amp blown out by l- lending it to a to to a guy so yeah yeah i've <laughs> been in that situation as well yeah yeah it gets tricky i also had one where um <laughs> you were talking about i mean it's kind of all along the same lines but there was the the band before us. We were playing this outdoor thing. The drummer accidentally took the whole stick bag oh, from no. our drummer. Oh my god! So we literally set up everything, and the drummer is like, you know, that's the last <laughs> thing you look for, yeah, right? Course. Like you set yeah. up your drums, and he's he's looking around. He's my stick bag's not here, and he's like, I oh, looked no. at my car four times. It's not here. Like we all looked everywhere. Yeah. And we're like calling the the other, the other band, band. Oh. and it, it, it we ended up like you know <laughs> some it was like in this kind of podunk area, and somebody literally like drove like we're like oh my kid's got a drums drum kit oh no we'll, we'll go try to find some sticks and they like <laughs> that's so sweet they went, yeah so <laughs> they literally had to like drive to find to get up two sticks for him to be able to play, and then finally like. You know, after we played, they got a hold of that old band. Oh, so sorry, we accidentally yeah. grabbed the. <laughs> There's been that one guy. One guy accidentally took like the, I think it was it was some piece of the hi hat, like the washer oh, or yeah. something the that the clutch <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was something that that you couldn't use the hi hat without. And this was like, like a big clutch, yeah. festival <laughs> oh, where God. the the guy just it was a backline drums and and I guess he just he just accidentally snagged that's it. That's so sad. That's the worst. And it, it's on something so you don't think about, you know, because it's right. like, I need to get off stage real quick. Undo, take it out, undo the... the Autopilot. The like, autopilot yeah. into it, you know? 
Shucks. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have a clutch that is attached to my hi-hat. And even if the venue does have a clutch, I make sure I keep it aside in a safe place and I use my own clutch because I know I get into that mode yeah. of, uh, I need to wrap up real quick. It's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be done. <laughs> yeah. All right. What well, else? comes from experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, having backup, yeah. having plan, a plan for that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else you got, man? Hit me with another, like, something funny, something crazy that happened. I know you got, I feel like you've gigged a lot and all over the world. Like, you got, I'm sure you got some more oh, yeah. in there. Uh, I, I had this one time when I was playing bass with backing tracks for a band, and uh, my laptop died on stage during soundcheck. Fun. I'm, I'm happy it happened during soundcheck, but <laughs> yeah. it, it was my 2012 beast of a machine. I used to use it for everything. You know, it was my production machine, my songwriting machine, my work, office documents, everything, right? And this thing ran the backing tracks like a champ. No problem at all. I, would, I probably would still have it right now if that hadn't happened. So I remember this very clearly. You know, I'm, I'm early, super early for soundcheck, and the, guy, the sound guy is like, so why don't you go up and uh, check your bass? I'm like, yeah, cool. All right. Take my laptop. Um plug it, uh, put it on the bass amp, plug in my bass. Uh, then I connect the power to my laptop and I hear a sound. And I was like, yeah, power, you know, whatever. Uh, I turn around, I, I press the power button on the laptop, turn around, uh, plug in my bass, you know, get the right tones and stuff like that. Turn back and I notice that it hasn't turned on yet. Press the power button again. No response. And I'm like, oh, shucks. I try everything, try to restart it. And I, I, I know a little bit about tech, so I'm, I'm going into the whole IT, IT guy <laughs> mode. Like, yeah. you know, turn on, unplug this, replug this. And then finally it's like, this is, this is solidly dead. Right. It's not, not turning back on. I'm calling up the vocalist of the band, the band leader, and I'm like, you won't believe what happened. My laptop is dead. Uh, can you please get your laptop? And I start hatching this plan, right? <laughs> I go to, I think it was a Best Buy that was right down the road. I buy a hard drive caddy and a screwdriver set, like a screw, a small screwdriver. And I, I come back, I unscrew, it's a 2012 MacBook Pro, so I unscrew the laptop, take out the back case, take out the hard drive, put it in the caddy, wow. <laughs> and plug it into her a MacBook Air, and try to open uh, the set. And then I realized she doesn't have Ableton Live. Ah. And now time is running out. It yeah. went from, oh, I'm super chill, and everything I is got cool, this. I got this, to, oh my God, oh my God, we don't got this, we don't got this, we don't got this. Oh, man. So um, I, I just started a trial version of Ableton Live on her computer, and we run the entire set through that. And through the entire set, it was one of the most saddest gigs I've ever played, because in my head, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lose myself into this music. But at the same time, it's like, Shit, my laptop is dead. Shit, my laptop is dead. Oh, yeah, it's E. Yeah, okay, shit, my laptop is dead. <laughs> shit, uh, it's a bridge part of 2.4. Okay, all right, yeah. And uh, yeah, my laptop is dead. Yeah, and he's like, my brain is such a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but you got it to work? Uh, I got it to... With I, the trial I actually, version. Yeah, uh, I got Ableton to work on a computer and uh, ran a trial version. It's like, I think it's valid for... Or Ableton Live Lite or something like that, you know? So I mean, that's still pretty badass, man. Ooh, thinking, uh, like, <laughs> thinking in a clutch situation. Taking I, I, the hard drive <laughs> out and everything, yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could wow. do that. Yeah, that was going to be a terrible situation otherwise. Like, everything is on the backing tracks. It's like just uh, me on bass, her on vocals, and a drum kit. So, they're like, uh, not a drum kit, it's electrical drums. So, e electric drums, it's a re-drum kit. Yeah. And everything, all the harmonic elements, synths, guitars, backing vocals, everything is on the backing tracks. So, it's like, it has to work or we, we don't play the gig. So, came through. But the consequence of that was my laptop is still shot. Yeah. So, now the next 
uh, because I was still at MI at this time, and the next quarter was quite a hilarious quarter because I didn't have a computer. And I was in the audio engineering quarter, in fact. So now I needed to do a lot of the mixing work at MI. And um, wow. hopefully no one from MI hears this. I'm sorry, Crystal, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I would boot into my hard drive through their Mac, Mac, uh, iMacs. So if you hold the option key, you can you can detect the boot drive. So I would boot into my own personal computer because I have my you know Pro Tools set up in a certain way with the plugins that I use. Yeah. So I can't just use another instance or another computer. I can't just export the projects. So I would boot into the computers every night and work <laughs> all the way till the morning. Wow. Sometimes fall asleep in my drum lab and get ready for class the next day. <laughs> Those Jeez, were... Man. Tough times. I remember I was like, shucks. Oh, my goodness. And then I got a 2015 MacBook Pro that's been going strong till this year. I was finally starting to um, run out of power, you know, <laughs> with, yeah. the, with the thing. But, you know, as long as it uh, does the work for me. Uh, actually, that's an interesting thing. Uh, the the power issue, uh, it's it overheats like crazy. I think that's one of the issues. So I did a lot. I, I replaced the thermal paste in there put a new SSD in there and stuff like that. Thank God you could still do that to a 2015 MacBook Pro. Yeah. Now, this this computer was so bad that when Lace was releasing our, we were releasing our EP in 2000, uh, early 2020, the last month when I was sitting, and it was that period where you're where at the end of the mix, all the plugins are there instantiated. You're frozen as many tracks as you can. And, um, you know, I, 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 until I was in the final mastering stage, I couldn't listen to that song the whole way through because I hit play. Oh, two bars later, CPU ran out of power. All right. I was in bar two. Okay, bar two. Play. Two more bars, CPU ran out of power. Yikes. Like, all right, I need to, I need to hear what, the, what, these, what this guitar solo is. What elements can I do without? All right. Mute all the vocals. <laughs> you know, deactivate the tracks. Wow. It was painful yeah that's off that it's hard enough to to mix a song <laughs> yeah. when everything is working right yeah exactly <laughs> i'm sitting here like my pulling my hair out i had a lot more hair before the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> that along with the visa stuff is uh <laughs> came at yeah. the same time so it was like oh my god what a time pandemic visa uh, ep releases <laughs> yeah that's a lot man yeah yeah that's cr- that's crazy so what, uh, yeah, like, what are, do you have, like, goal? I'm just curious, I'm always curious of other musicians, like, goals for their career, like, where they would like to see their music career get to, and, and I don't yeah. know. Uh, I mean, uh, for me, it's, 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 uh, it's always been a question that's on my mind, because, um, uh, I, I feel like I've been focusing on the smaller goals lately. Ever since I got here, um, I've had these overarching things, like, uh, oh, yeah, I want to do music full-time, um, you know, I want to play in plenty of bands. I want to go on tour. I want to see, you know, the whole of the world through music. Like, I want to go and, like, tour different countries. Yeah. I did tour Japan in uh, 2019 with a couple of, uh, on a teaching tour kind of thing, which oh, was cool. phenomenal. It was, like, 10 days, very fast-paced, but it was beautiful. I got to see the best parts of Japan, and I got to see some wonderful music students and inspiring and fantastic players. So, you know, I want to see more stuff like that. That That's, I guess, my overarching goal. So you and want to tour more? I want to tour more for sure. But I also want the other side of it where I'm sitting in studios and, you know, hashing out tracks, working you know, with synthesizers, laying down bass guitar parts, drum parts, you know, yeah. working with a huge team and, or just sitting down in engineering sessions. You know, I just want to, would love to work in a studio. That's always been the dream thing, you know. And um, yeah, so those are my two overarching goals. And I feel like, 
it's it, off late i've i've been trying to you know put the smaller goals like put the stepping stones to those big goals you know like um yeah you know i need to you know get my visa so, and i'm happy to say i got my visa back in september i got the o1 visa so i'm congratulations for 3 years yeah <laughs> all the way to august nice, 2023 man uh and that started the clock ticking on stuff like because it's it's a visa that depends uh, that directly correlates to how much you achieve so it's right. almost like a cataloging of your achievements so the sure. next time it comes up for renewal i shouldn't be in a position where like oh yeah i got it i'm cool uh, i'm just chilling for the next 3 years and it's like no the countdown time has started i got it right. put my you know button gear and start working towards all these things you know yeah they want myself. they want to see progress exactly. they they want to so you got to you got to catalog all the all your uh, achievements yeah. from now till then and, <laughs> and and make a living they, and it's yeah. not just barely scraping through they want you to do well they want you to thrive yeah it's supposed to be like a special you know you're a yeah. special person that that, exactly. that the US should want to keep yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so that's the that's the gold standard and i'm like i need to definitely it helps me also because i need to truly think i'm worthy enough to be thought of like that but i also need to have something to prove that I, you know that this the the opportunity that i've gotten to work out here is is something that i need to hold myself accountable to you know so yeah man yeah so small goals big goals all driving towards the same thing but yeah awesome <laughs> that's cool do you have any advice for for other musicians out there oh boy uh, <laughs> <laughs> i already feel the insecure side of my brain saying like i don't think i'm qualified but uh, i mean if it's one person who can give advice <laughs> it's the person who uh, has made a lot of mistakes and yeah i've made a fair share of them you know so we i all probably, have buddy yeah, yeah i feel that yeah <laughs> but no i mean dude you have you know it, it's it's weird to think about yourself in these kind of terms but it's like It's like you have accomplished a lot like i just yeah, the fact that you're so. <laughs> even like right now in the pandemic especially but like the yeah. fact that you're you know when whenever i'm talking to you it's like yeah i'm mixing this i'm doing this project we're working for these guys yeah. and i've got this gig and oh, i'm playing for these guys you know so like that's awesome like that's thank you yeah that's i i assume <laughs> if anybody's listening to this they're people that want to do those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. And so I think you're well qualified to give advice if you have oh, any. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh my main thing is that, you know, I I have been facing this like uh sometimes you tend to get jaded as a musician, you know, either sure. you don't get enough gigs, um sometimes you work hard but you don't see the results. The thing is to try not to be jaded. You know, try to see the good in the things you're doing, good in the people you're doing. And remember that we're all in this t- together. You know, all of us aren't doing music to outperform and out, uh, uh, one up each other we're doing music because we want to play together and play with each other at the end of the day you know i'm a bass player you're a bass player we're not fighting over that one gig it's whoever can serve the music the best you know and yeah. there've been a lot of gigs where i'm like oh yeah this is not in my wheelhouse as a drummer or something and i'm like yeah you know try this guy out right straight up because any gig that i'm not giving away a gig I am serving the music by recommending a musician who can interpret that better, you know. I so like that. We're we're in the together basically. Like even with mixing, it's it's a lot of that thing. Like uh one of the things I had to do was talking about time management before. Yeah. And I'm trying to get better at that. And one of the ways I do get better at that is remembering that I'm not the only person in the world and there are plenty of people looking for gigs. So it's good to say that hey, that guy should probably mix this and he'll probably do that 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 girl can do a way better job at this than I can, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and it it's it's the whole pay it forward thing too yeah. and and it 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 the it the karma and all that too. Exactly. Like I I love getting people gigs and it's like you always hope that it's going to come back 
to yeah. at some point, but you never do it with the sense that like, all right, I'm giving you this, but like, yeah. you better I, give I, me I, a I'm gig. I'm you know? calling, you know, <laughs> with yeah. a baseball bat. You know, like, no, it's never like yeah. that. But but it is it is a, I mean, the best way to to like ha- create that network for yourself and to keep it keep yeah. it active and keep it healthy is to like get other people work if you can yeah yeah and so i mean that's what makes it the the thing like if you have a if you're if you're, ha- you're going to be happy about your work the community that you're working in or for matters a lot like you, you know the popular thing is people don't quit jobs they quit their bosses and Ooh, in a freelance industry we don't have bosses but we have collaborators and colleagues but sometimes yeah. people temporarily come into your life as a boss sure like as long as the work environment is good and especially when you're doing audio engineering your entire work environment is any musician around you or or your colleagues so as long as everyone is happy you're happy that's the way i, I like to think of things you know like everyone is has a gig out there for them there's so many musicians and so many audio engineers and producers yeah. no reason for a person to go like dude i'm not getting any gigs you know right no reason for that to happen there's a lot of gigs out there for sure and i i am a competitive person i had this conversation not that long ago but it was talking about like like i know i'm a competitive person and then uh, the per, uh, this was actually on another this other podcast that we were talking about and they were like well how do you how do you uh, manage that with in a creative field yeah and it kind of caught me off guard and i it took me a minute after the podcast to think about it like well i'm competitive but uh, and i uh, it's uh, first off i'm not trying to pull anyone else down yeah and i, yeah. I did manage to say that <laughs> that's on good. the podcast yeah. so i was glad i said that but even like kind of elaborating more like i'm more i think feel like i'm more competitive with myself uh, I I definitely get that. Yeah. So it's like it's not like I'm like hey like you said we're I'm not saying I'm competing with Nav for this gig. Yeah. I'm saying career wise like I want to see progress. Yeah. Or I want to see yeah I guess I want to see progress. I want to see like that this year I you know I'll keep track of the money I've made. I'll keep track of how many gigs I've done. I'll keep track of the types of work I, and the clients now that I have a studio, the, yeah. the clients in the studio and, and the amount of sessions, I want to see progress. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, yeah. it's really more competitive with myself. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to sink anybody else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somebody else's, anybody else's boat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're, you're, not, you're not pulling them uh, uh, down so that, you, you, it's like negative competitiveness, competitiveness and Positive competitive. Okay. You know, like, I like that. You know, audio engineering, well, you have negative feedback and positive <laughs> feedback, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, I guess positive feedback is bad in, in the audio engineering <laughs> side. But, you know, for where we're concerned, like, you've got negative stuff where, like, if I can't get it, no one can get it. Then you've yeah. got the positive side. It's like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to try my best. And if you can do better than me, dude, have at it. It, it doesn't matter to me that you're better than me or and it's subjective as well yeah. just because someone says you're better could mean you're better suited for that genre you're better suited for that band you vibe better there's so many reasons why better is used right but it's not a reflection on yourself being worse it's not like just because i'm better that makes you worse just because you're better that makes me worse it's well, just yeah that's i guess that's positive competitiveness like, i'm better than that guy doesn't mean he's worse than me just i'm better suited to something you know uh, yeah and we all have our strong suits too yeah and our you know shortcomings and yeah the different different things are right for different people it's yeah. not better or worse yeah 
That's uh, cool. As long as you take that that feedback and then you integrate it and use it to work on yourself. Yeah. You know, everybody wins because you're becoming a better player. That person has a gig. Neg- he's busy now, so you're going one less person to worry about. And it can light you light a fire too. I, I've had this we this topic before, but like, when you do have like some sort of hardship or you come across some 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 negative thing, some failure, a lot of times that's what's going to fuel you to yeah. get the better gig. And and sometimes things just seem to kind of happen for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to kind of try to take it in stride, but. Awesome, man! Like, yeah. I, so, uh, but first off, thank thank you so much for doing this, uh, man. Thank you. This has been so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun, right? I'm just having so much fun, like yeah. with all these, and it's so great just talking music. I I get excited, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, have I been talking too much? But yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm the same way. I could just we could go on talking we about could, this. You yeah, know? bring I, on the whiskey, and you know, we we could go on for hours. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do part two, the drunk, the drunk yeah. podcast part two. But it's like uh, uh, hot ones or something. But uh, and but it is getting ones. hot in here. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first time doing the doing the like I said, the first time doing the podcast live in the studio, and I'm yeah. like, it kind of gets hot in here, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but final question for you: What are you listening to these days? Oh man, um, yeah. Off lead, um, my uh, uh, guitar player roommate, uh, who I mentioned earlier from uh, Lace, he put me onto a lot of Tom Mish. Um, that's the, player, literally so. the third time in like <laughs> almost maybe three podcasts in a row that people have brought him up, and it's been on my list. I haven't listened to him yet, so I guess. yeah, yeah. He's got a song <laughs> "You're in My Mind." I guess now that's the reflection. Like he's on our minds. Uh, yeah, I was drum kit so I can do a dun. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll add that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just uh, sound effects <laughs> at the end of this <laughs> for all my lame jokes, um, and I'll add a little. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so Tom Mish. Yeah. Um, Hiatus Coyote is coming out with some uh, new music that I'm looking forward to, but uh, I realized that I haven't heard um, a lot of the music because we used to cover a lot of them back, you know, in India and stuff. Oh yeah. So I, I kind of revisiting that. What else? Um, because I listen to a huge variety of music. So, like, I have everything from R&B, old school R&B, to rock. I was listening to a lot of A Perfect Circle. Uh, Love A Perfect days. Circle, yeah. Love that band. Like, one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, then what else? Uh, I was I was going through a whole, um, let's listen to some hard rock kind of thing. So, I listened to a little bit of Disturbed as well. Okay. For the nostalgia for old time's sake. Yeah, Still man. holds up, you know, the production quality <laughs> and stuff. I'm like, man, that's pretty good. I haven't heard it in a while. I'll yeah. have to check it out again. <laughs> see see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, uh, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, also, I've been working for this jazz artist. Uh, it's a new job that I got. So I've been exposed to... It, it, it's uh, Her name is Jane McNeely. And uh, they have a company called Low Flow Records. And I've been actually working uh, on digitizing old analog tapes. And you can hear oh, yeah. everything where, you know, you can, the artists are conversing with each other before it starts. Like, yeah, on bar two, let's do the two-stop. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. One, two, three, four. Bam. You know, it starts off like that. You can hear all the conversations before that. Because back in then, you could yeah. really, you had to really get the razor blade and glue out. Too. Right. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> so count-offs were always in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's epic. And the quality of the music and the musicians that were there, I'm like, um, we were hearing some old-school, like... Uh, songwriter jazz stuff and everything which is really cool there was a tape by uh tammy lynn i was listening to who, which was fantastic so yeah i mean hopefully they release that stuff soon so <laughs> cool man yeah, i know yeah 
that, awesome. That has uh, added to my playlist as well. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for the recommendations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, real quick. So we got, we actually, I actually have a, an engineer on the other side of the wall here. <laughs> we should give Cole a little props for, yeah, for hanging with us. Cole, you want to say hey? Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was Cole. He, he's been kind enough to, uh, to be on the ones and twos, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the threes, the hitting three for record. Yep, yep. A uh, little audio engineering humor. All right. <laughs> Pro Tools humor, particularly. Yeah, exactly. Know your numpad three, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Nav, thanks again, man. Yeah. Great talking with you. Thank you, man. It's thanks an absolute it. pleasure. We should do it again sometime. <laughs> Let's do it. Get some more stories and, and come back and oh, tell definitely. us. It's starting to come out slowly. I can you know, recall more now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome, man. All right. Cool. Cheers, guys. Uh, yeah, have a wonderful one whenever this one comes out, I guess. All right. Later, guys. <laughs>